All right, so if y'all forget, let me remind you of the motto. Anybody can get got, it don't matter who you are. And this past week, we have seen some major upsets in women's college basketball. We're going to talk about upsets. We're going to talk about the amazing play of players like DeAsia Fair, Alyssa Peely, and others. And yeah, we got more talk to talk about as well. So without further ado, let's get into it. Cue the intro. What is up, awesome people of the internet, and welcome to another edition of Women's Basketball Weekly, your weekly source for all things women's basketball. Now, y'all, we got a huge show to talk about today uh, because, as I always say, anybody can get got. It don't matter who you are. And this past week, we saw just that. So let's hit the rewind button and visit some of the jaw-dropping upsets that we saw this past week. And we start with NC State, who really had a rough week, getting got twice, first losing to North Carolina, 80-70, to and then losing to Duke, 69-58. to And for both of these games, uh, they were very winnable for NC State. And I would say that for both games, NC State didn't seem to truly have a sense of urgency, uh, both on the offensive and defensive end. And it also hurt them probably also because they were on the road for both of these games. In the UNC game, I would say that it was less of a of, of a scoring issue for NC State because they got, got they got points. They got points on the board. The team normally averages 75 points a game, and they had 70 points in this game. So, yes, a bad shooting night, but to me, that wasn't what cost NC State the game. Normally, NC State forces around 12 turnovers a game, and UNC only had seven turnovers in this game. And also, Deja Kelly had zero turnovers as well as eight assists in the game and if you're wondering who was Deja passing to well she was passing to players like Lexi Dunarski who went five of nine from the three-point line and finished with 23 points defense is what cost NC State the game against UNC UNC came in that game at home on a mission and they were locked in in terms of taking care of the basketball getting quality looks and draining shots they shot 52 percent overall from the three-point line, and 50% in the game, which was really, really awesome for their home fans. Though it wasn't so great for NC State fans, who on paper had the better team. It's just that they didn't show up to play. And for NC State, their week got a lot worse, uh, losing to Duke yesterday, 69-58. Duke won by clamping down on NC State in terms of defense. Uh, Duke also hit some very, very timely buckets, um, when we look at this NC State team, they're a team that can score the basketball, and they usually perform better in the first half than they do the second half. But in this game against Duke, NC State came out to a horrendous start, only scoring 19 points in that first half. Sure, they picked it up in the second half, but it was a little bit too little too late. The ball wasn't moving fluidly on offense for NC State. Uh, It was sticking with players, and NC State is a team that likes to pass the ball and get good looks at the basket. Normally, they average around 14 assists per game. In that Duke game, they had only a whopping six assists, and they had 14 turnovers, which really was a recipe for disaster for NC State. For Duke, it really feels like we are starting to truly witness the potential of what Kara Lawson is building with this team. Duke is a very, very young team, led by sophomore Tiana Mayer, 
And as the games pile up, you can see that the things are kind of clicking for this team. Uh, great defense leads to great offense for Duke. For the most part, Duke is not a team that is going to score a bunch of points. They're only averaging about 69 points a game. And they are a team that is going to square up, play some really good defense, and they're going to out-rebound you. They're going to block your shot. They're going to pass the ball well. And because they are a young team, yes, they are going to turn over the ball a lot. But as a team, it's their sheer effort on the defensive side that makes up for their turnover issues. Not only did Duke beat NC State last week, they also beat Syracuse 58-45. to Duke is a good team. They are no slouches, especially lately. And in, when you're in the ACC, hey, you better watch out for Duke because while they don't have the best record, they're really good and they can get you. This team still has some growing to do, but I am really liking what I'm seeing from Duke. And going forward, I'm just going to say this. Give Carol Lawson some good recruits in about two more years, and Duke is really going to be a force to be reckoned with in the ACC. Y'all have been warned. Yeah, I mean, the great thing about this group is that they bought in from the beginning um, to, to whatever we've asked them to do. And that's just the type of character they have and um, the type of coaches they've had, the type of parents they have um, to be able to come in and, and just want to do what they need to do to help the team win. And, yeah, I mean, we, we place an emphasis on it um, in terms of um, it's the one side of the floor you can control more than other, more than the other side. And so, you know, you can't control whether you make shots you know, but you can you can control how you play and how you defend. And, and, and our players have, have bought into that and bought into each other more than that. That's the thing that makes, um, you know, me really happy as a coach and smile when I observe them. I smile a lot when I'm observing them because they at the like they've really bought into each other. And that more than anything is more important than buying into a system or buying into even the coaching staff. Like, do they have incredible buy-in with one another because they want to win with each other? And that's that's awesome. I mean, that to me is like the pinnacle of, of team and why you coach team sports is to, to get a group that really um, just wants to do it for one another. Another upset this past week included Alyssa Peely going down to her old school of USC and beating them on senior day, no less. Uh, Utah defeated USC 74-68, to snapping USC's running streak of seven games, um, and also spoiling their senior day. Now, the game itself was pretty lopsided to start uh, with Alyssa Peely doing her thing in the first quarter for the Utes, and the Trojans missing just about every basket in that first quarter. Eventually, USC got it together in the second, and it really became a game after that. And it it was a game of runs, for the most part. For USC, they had Juju Watkins continue to let y'all know that she is that girl. She scored 30 points in this game, and she did her best to will her team to victory, but it just wasn't enough. And it went down to the Trojans not scoring the buckets that they needed to score late in the game to get the victory. Player of the game for sure was Alyssa Peely, who had an efficient night with 23 points, going 50% from the field and 12 of 14 from the free throw line, and also grabbing nine rebounds. Now, this Utah team is truly a mind-boggling team. Yes, 
They get a fantastic statement win on the road against USC, but they lose to Oregon State at home, and they also get blown out by UCLA on the road. Utah is extremely talented, and if they were in any other league but the Pac-12, they would have they would not have lost as many conference games as they as they have lost this season. Um, but when it comes to the Pac-12, you never know what you're going to get. Utah is 20 and eight on the season, and they are in sixth place in the Pac-12. But y'all, let me tell y'all this: Utah is not a team that I would want to face in the tournament. That is for sure, regardless of what seating they land in. Now, while we're on the topic of Utah, let's talk about their star player in Alyssa Peely a bit. Now, if you don't know, now you know, Peely is from Anchorage, Alaska, and she actually started her career at USC, where her brother also played for the football team. My name is Brandon Peely, and I play for the football team. My name is Alyssa Peely, and I'm on the women's basketball team, and this is a sibling quiz. Alyssa was the Pac-12 freshman of the year, averaging 16 points and eight rebounds a game at USC. Then she dealt with some injuries her sophomore year. And when she was on the court after that, she still started, of course, but she wasn't as productive offensively. She finished her third year at USC, only averaging 7.8 points a game and 4.5 rebounds. She wasn't happy at USC, so she decided it was time for a change. And she decided to head over to Utah, saying at the time, the situations and environments I was in in the past just kind of just made me lose love for the game and just the joy for it of actually getting up and trying to get better and get back to my game. I just felt like I wasn't happy with how I was playing and just the environment I was in. So... Because of that, she entered the transfer portal and ended up at Utah. And Alyssa has helped to take a Utah team that only had five wins and 16 losses in 2021 into the team that we see today. Last season, Peely averaged 20.7 points a game and 5.6 rebounds. And so far this season, she is averaging 21.6 points a game and 6.1 rebounds. But it's not just her offense that's different. Alyssa said, I think the biggest difference here is the environment, like the people, the team, just the whole culture of this whole university. It's just everybody, like even our extended staff and every, everything, everybody just wants to see you do great and they'll do anything to help you get there and achieve your goals. I think that kind of environment just helped me flourish and bring my joy back for the game and love what I do. Alyssa, I think the coolest thing that and the, the biggest compliment I can give to Alyssa, everyone knows how talented she is. Everyone saw what she's able to do. She is such an incredible teammate. Uh, she came into our program and, you know, we recruited her, but you never really know how things go. And she has completely bought in without ego uh, to what we're trying to do as a team. And when you do that, when you're a talent like she is, everybody rallies behind you and pushes. And so I, I have been so impressed with her. Just She's just an incredible teammate and competitor. And that's what, you know, these two are a huge reason as to why we're sitting where we are today. Now, I'm going to just say this. It really has been cool to see Alyssa do her thing at Utah. She is currently a fifth year, and this is her last season in college. Yes, she is an undersized post player, 
But I cannot wait to see what she does when she gets to the WNBA. And guys, let me know what you all think about Alyssa Peely. Um, did y'all know that she attended uh, USC uh, for three years? And uh, what have you what have you thought about what Alyssa Peely and company have done for Utah so far? All right, back to another surprising loss for the past week. Y'all, Kansas took down their in-state rivals, K-State, 58 to 55. And I know that there hasn't been that much talk about Kansas, but they are a solid team. They won the NIT championship last season, and they are looking to accomplish the uphill battle of taking a stab at making the NCAA tournament this season. And they got a baller who is helping them do that by the name of freshman Samaya Nichols. Samaya Nichols is a player who has been doing her thing all season, averaging 14 points a game. But yesterday, y'all, she went off, scoring 22 points to take down K-State. Now, for K-State, Aoka Lee played, but you can tell she is still not 100% back yet. Uh, She had 14 points in this game and 11 rebounds. All right, so now let's talk about what this game actually meant. Well, for K-State, it means that, yes, they can get got and that they really do need a healthy Aoka Lee to be able to win close games like this. For Kansas, if they can win their next game against UCF and they can have a good showing, not necessarily win, but have a good showing against Oklahoma in their last game, I think Kansas might have just earned themselves a trip to the NCAA tournament this season. So shout out to the Kansas Jayhawks for taking down their in-state rivals of the K-State Wildcats. All right, other upsets include Washington beating Oregon State, Arizona beat Stanford 68-61. to Yes, you actually heard me correctly. Arizona did beat Stanford, and that was in large part thanks to freshman Jada Williams, who had a season high of 23 points also. Stanford did not have Cameron Brink um, playing in the game due to a non-COVID illness. And for those who are wondering if Cameron Brink is returning next year, she's still not sure. Now let's talk real quick about Jada Williams. Jada Williams is one of those players that came into college with a bunch of hype. You probably saw uh, one of uh, her many hype videos on, on YouTube of her playing as a as a high school player. Um, as a freshman, she had a lot of hype around her, but she has been largely outshined by the likes of Juju, Hannah, Malaysia, Samaya, and other freshmen who have been balling. So this Stanford game really was good to see Jada do her thing because we, we saw her do this stuff on those YouTube mixtapes uh, when she was in high school. Um, so it's good to see her being able to translate that in college against a very good team like Stanford. So shout out to Jada, Jada Williams. Uh, let's finish this year out strong. In other upsets, Indiana beat Iowa 86-69. I made a separate video about that last week if you want to watch that recap. And I can't talk about upsets without talking about the Ivy League upset that happened last week and just got all the people chatting. Y'all, Columbia beat Princeton in a nail-biter game, 67-65. to And that win comes courtesy of Columbia senior Abby Shu, who scored 24 points in that game, officially becoming Columbia's all-time leading scorer and surpassing 2,000 career points. Now, the question is, guys, where will Abby Shu go next season? Because 
Ivy League players can't stay with the team um, after their their senior year. So uh, the question is, she's probably going somewhere. Where is she going to go next season? Do you all have any recommendations? Or do you have a preference of where you think Abby Shu should go next season? Let me know in the comments below. All right. Those are your upsets for the past week. Let me know what your thoughts are about the games that I talked about in the comments below. And if there's a game that I didn't talk about, let me know um, what that is again in the comments below. And also, if y'all haven't liked this video yet, please hit that like button. It really helps the channel, helps more people find the videos. All right, so we are going to continue our NCAA coverage with some talk about Syracuse's DeAsia Fair, who is now the fifth, all-time in points for NCAA history with 3,302 points. She achieved that feat while scoring 23 points to help her team beat Pitt on Sunday. And y'all, she did it on senior night of all nights. DeAsia passes Brittany Griner and is now less than 100 points away from passing Jackie Stiles on the list. DeAsia started her college career at the University of Buffalo, where she played for three seasons, and she was a straight-up baller, y'all, averaging 23 points a game during those three years. She followed her then-head coach, Felicia Leggett-Jack, to Syracuse, where she has played the last two seasons, um, averaging 20.8 points a game and 3.9 assists. DeAsia Fair is a straight-up baller, and if you have seen Syracuse play this season, you are witness to that. DeAsia Fair has played five seasons in women's college basketball and played in a total of 149 games and has hit the huge feat of, again, 3,302 points. After the game against Pitt, uh, after achieving such a huge record, DeAsia Fair was understandably emotional. DeAsia, uh, clearly an emotional night for you wiping off tears at the end of the game. Um, can you sort of reflect on what these past years have been here at Syracuse and your growth as a person? Chester, it's not the easiest place, you know, to, you know, get from, get out of, and to start from there and be able to prove everyone that doubted me before I got here, uh, to prove them wrong, and to get here and be a part of the culture of what Coach Jack instills in her players has made me realize that over time, since it's been a while, I'm a fifth year. Um, uh, the issue, and I know I'd love to get both of your opinions on this, um, but the issue, you mentioned Coach Jack and her culture. So can you sort of, can the both of you sort of talk about her impact in U.S. people uh, more than just players? Um, for me, she was kind of the only one who believed in me. 
entrusted me to get where I am now. Not only on the court, but she believed in me as a person. And you don't get that. You won't get that everywhere. And it doesn't come around too often. But for me, she means the world to me. Remember that when you take off some of that money you're gonna get in the future. <laughs> I'm not cheap. <laughs> that gonna be a lot. Just half. <laughs> All right. So let's just give a huge shout out to Deasia Fair for rising up in the history books to number five, y'all. Um, and then you know there's still postseason, so who knows? Maybe she may move up to that fourth spot before her career is all said and done. Now, from a talented super senior to a freshman who is continuing to ball out of control, y'all, we are talking about Juju Watkins, who over the weekend broke USC's freshman single season scoring record, which was then held, which was previously held by Paula McGee. Now, Juju has been breaking records left and right for USC. She beat USC legend Cheryl Miller's record of 10 30-point games um, in in a season. Juju now has 12. Juju also has the most points ever scored with 51 points, and that was in a game against Stanford. All right, guys, now, now remember this. Juju Watkins is a freshman, and she is second in scoring in the nation with 28.2 points a game, um, just shy of Caitlin Clark's, who has the number one, who is the number one scorer in the country. Um, Juju Watkins has a whopping 705 points on 41% shooting in just 25 games. Y'all, the Juju effect is real, and it is now taking hold on women's college basketball, and we are seeing not just her scoring lots of points, but we're seeing swarms of fans surrounding her after games. We're seeing, uh, you're seeing girls mimic her classic bun. And y'all, I have to say, um, it's looking pretty awesome. Like it, it's, it is pretty awesome that we are seeing a huge resurgence in women's basketball. Um, we, we, we saw the, it was the likes of Asia Wilson doing, doing her thing, uh, uh, Leah Boston doing her thing, Paige Beckers and Caitlin Clark doing their thing. Now, Juju Watkins doing her thing. Like this is this is pretty phenomenal that women's that women's college basketball has just continued to go on this like upward climb, uh, thanks to players who are just continuing to do their thing, y'all. Juju Watkins is here, y'all. She's here to stay, so y'all better watch out. The Juju Watkins era is in effect right now. All right, so now we're moving on, and I want to talk about a team that is fourteen and zero in their conference a team that is 29-0 at home over the last three seasons, a team that averages 42 rebounds a game, and a team that is winning their games by an average of 13 points a game. Now, if you're wondering, what team is this? What team is undefeated in their conference right now? Well, of course, you have the likes of South Carolina, uh, but who else? Well, Jackson State is who else? Jackson State is in the SWAC and they have been rolling through conference play all season. Uh, They are a team that will likely finish the season undefeated and will likely also win the SWAC tournament and make their way to the NCAA tournament again this season. 
Now, if you don't know, now you know. The team is headed by coach Tamika Reed, who has been with the team since 2018, uh, leading the squad to three straight SWAC regular season titles in 2000, 2001, and 2002. Uh, two straight SWAC tournament titles. Uh, also, in two NCAA appearances in 2001 and 2002. Yes, Coach Reed surely is doing her thing at Jackson State. And while JSU is dominating the SWAC, they are making sure to still challenge themselves by playing teams like K-State, Oregon State, Mississippi State, Texas, and others in non-conference play. Now, teams, these teams beat JSU pretty badly, especially this year. Uh, but you can tell by the scheduling, uh, JSU is trying to elevate their program not just as an HBCU powerhouse, but as a program that can compete against the top 50 teams in the country. So I just wanted to say a huge shout-out to Jackson State and shout-out to Coach Tamika Reed for doing y'all thing. I will see y'all in the NCAA tournament. All right, before I go, just one more thing. Yesterday, I attended the DePaul-UConn game. I recorded that game, uh, if y'all want to watch the stream of that. Um, I recorded it from a fan perspective, so it's kind of shaky and whatnot. But anyway, um, before the game happened, uh, DePaul honored uh, one of the legendary women's basketball players who ever stepped foot in DePaul jersey, and that is Diana Vines. Diana Vines is a Chicagoan through and through. She grew up on the South Side and made her her decision to attend college at DePaul. She is a two-time All-American and North Star Conference MVP. Yes, that was previously a conference. Uh, Diana Diana Vines is the Paul's all-time leading scorer. Uh, She is their all-time rebounding. Diana Vines is the all-time leader in a bunch of categories. Scoring, rebounding, steals, Field goals made, free throws made, and shot blocks. Um, Y'all, Diana Vines has a career scoring record of 2,504 points that has still remained unbroken for more than 30 years. And y'all, they they said it during during the the intro yesterday, um, Diana Vines is credited with putting DePaul women's basketball on a national stage. Uh, Dina Vines is a player who is not known by uh, a ton of people outside the Midwest, uh, though some people know of her, uh, especially if you watch basketball back in the day. Um, Dina Vines is a true Chicago legend when it comes to women's basketball. Uh, she is a DePaul legend. She entered the DePaul Athletic Hall of Fame in 2005, and she officially had her jersey retired on February the 25th, 2024. Um, congratulations, Diana Vine, on a phenomenal career. All right, guys, that is the episode for today. Today was a all-NCAA episode. Um, there's other stuff that, that happened in the world of women's basketball, uh, other WNBA stuff, uh, most notably the fact that um, Brianna Stewart has officially re-signed with the uh, New York Liberty with a pay cut, might I add, um, to, to, to keep the team intact. Uh, so, so that is that's one thing that happened in, in the WNBA. There's also other news that happened as well. Uh, stay tuned for more videos throughout the week. 
Um, but y'all, I really do appreciate y'all for watching Women's Basketball Weekly. I really do appreciate it. Um, y'all have really been rocking with me for almost a year now, which is like kind of, kind of crazy, kind of crazy. Um, if you have not hit that like button, I would please ask that you please hit that like button. It helps more people find the channel. Um, and also if y'all have not subscribed, y'all, we are on our road to 10,000 subscribers and we are almost there. If y'all want to help me out by subscribing, that would be fantastic. Um, y'all, y'all just some rock stars. Uh, I really do appreciate y'all for rocking with me. Um, let me know of the games that you all plan on watching this, this week. Um, and I will be back with some live streams and also some regular videos later this week until next time guys. Bye-bye.